Welcome to After the Buzzer. My name is Ian Busby. We are through one week of the CFL playoffs. Two of the five CFL playoff games are down, if you count the Grey Cup. And finally, we got some entertaining football. I wouldn't call it great football, but we got an entertaining game between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and Calgary Stampeders. Goes to double overtime. Lots of mistakes made, but uh, mistakes make for entertainment. And the riders pull out the victory. The Stamps kind of coughed up the bit a bit. They let them win this one. It felt like Stamps were always going to win. Uh, That's my feeling. It felt like they were in control and were got down and just a couple of things this way or that way. But that's what football is all about. You got to eliminate those mistakes. And um, they didn't. Um, Saskatchewan took advantage of them when they needed to. And they're on to Winnipeg, where Danny and I are going to talk about that. We're going to do a bit of a Stamps autopsy. Where do they go from here? Um, the big question, who's going to be back? Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, where is he going to go? I think it could start a QB carousel because if somebody decides they want to make a pitch for Bo or Jake Mayer, the backup, um, suddenly we could see some movement throughout the, the league. But that's an off-season story. We're going to look ahead as well to the, the games. Uh, Danny and I are on opposite sides. I'm taking uh, the opposite teams than he is. And you'll have to wait to hear who we pick. But that and a lot more coming up uh, right now. All right. We are now heading into divisional finals week. We had a great... West semifinal, uh, East semifinal, not as good. But one thing I want to say to you, do you know what the one thing about this West semifinal, we said that it was going to be a chance for the CFL to rebound from this year. This was the first time both teams scored 30 points in a game uh, this season. And then the TSN ratings showed that people were interested when there was scoring up and there was riders involved and uh, over a million viewers for this game. Did, did you feel like this was back to what the CFL is supposed to be? I know at halftime it looked like a dud, and then second half was great, and then overtime was amazing. Entertainment was through the roof. That's basically the way hilarious, we I'd say both offenses were bad. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like I honestly, the Stampeders lost that game. The Riders did not win that game. I don't care what people in Saskatchewan think. The, the Stampeders played the single worst special teams game that I think I've ever seen. Certainly that I've ever seen from the Stampeders. I mean, there was an onside kick that they just weren't prepared for. They allowed two return touchdowns, even though only one of them counted. It, it The second one should have counted. Right. Reggie Bagleton <clears throat> fumbled a punt return, and they missed three field goals. Like, like the special teams lost them that game, straight up. There's Like, there's no there, – there's – this was I thought this was a great this was great drama. This was great theater. This was great fun. It was not a great offensive football game. No. No, and what I'm saying is the entertainment value came back. 100%. But the quality of football wasn't there. Like it wasn't a 30 well, it was 33-30 shootout that we were expecting, but it was a at least there was points on the board and it took overtime to get there obviously and It was like as a beat reporter it was a nightmare. 
Like the, <laughs> well, nobody cares about the beat reporters. No, um, the momentum shifted constantly. No, like it was great drama. Like it was, it was super entertaining. This was exactly what the CFL needed. Um, between two teams that absolutely hated each other. Um, that like this. That's what playoff football should be. You would just. I would have liked if some of those points were, you know, actual cool touchdowns, not mistakes that <laughs> cost. And I mean, look, I, I guarantee you this one, this one will hurt the Stampeders way more than losing to the Bombers um, in the 2019. Yeah. Because like they should have won that game. They flat out. Cody Fajardo, one of the more. Gave it to them so many times. Like it was, yeah. it was like, he keeps giving them the ball. Like and, another Moxie interception. It was like, okay, great. Yeah. Take and, it. And like he is him scampering around is amazing. Like he, he reminds me a little of Chris Trevler in that way, although it's less intentional, like the Stampeders would break through the O-line and then just couldn't take down Cody and he'd just get first downs all the time. Right. Um, it was, it was nuts, but like, he's not a great quarterback <laughs> through four interceptions. Like he was, he was pretty bad. Um, and <laughs> like, I honestly, like I just, I kept watching that game and being like, okay, well, here's where the Stampeders was kind of put their foot down. And what they took the lead with like five minutes left. They'd had so much success just putting pressure on Cody, forcing him, and they went into prevent, went into prevent defense, and allowed the Riders just to dink and dunk down the field and and, and take the lead before the Stamps could tie it up. Like I, I, it just did not work. And the Stampeders, they didn't have that killer instinct. Um, well, and it it felt like on that that big drive for the 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 Riders to take the lead was it felt like, okay, they're just going to, we're not going to allow Cody Fajardo to run. So he, they made a, a good adjustment and passed the ball down the field. Like it, it was very much. A, well, they just were trying to not allow the big play. So they yeah. were, they, they dropped their DBs back. Um, they weren't blitzing and, and yeah, and, and the riders did it. But like, again, I mean, second and one <clears throat> in overtime and you lose yards. Like what, like what? What, what is, is happening? Yeah. And it's, I will say, I mean, I'm, I'm going off on various tangents here. I'm tired. I'm a little bit hungover. It's been a long season. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of people who are, who are questioning that play, that play call on the second and one where they didn't right. get it. Um, Dickinson literally was like, those people don't understand that, like, you can't hear the snap. He was like, so actually going directly under center is really hard because you need everyone to, their timing to be perfect. Right. And it's not there. And then he was like, and to be clear, like, we missed two blocks. The reason that that play didn't work is because they missed blocks. Yeah. It was not. So I actually, like, I also was like, oh, why are you on shotgun and, and second and one? But it, when he said it, I was like, oh, I mean, that's fair. I'm not a football coach. I believe you. Um, but <clears throat> again, like, Reggie Bar- Bagleton fumbles a punt return. Eight days before that game, the Stampeders thought they had Sean Bain, Malik Henry, and Rock Thomas as their returners. They had so much depth at returner, and then Malik suffered a, a horrible loss to his family. Sean Bain got hurt. Rock Thomas got hurt. So they were left going with a guy who's not a punt returner. Like there were, like there was just some some bad luck for the Stamps, and then they didn't play well enough. Bo, I actually thought was pretty good in the second half. Um, they like they just didn't have it, and the Riders, look, you. They the riders made their mistakes too. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. That, but like the Stampeders lost because they, they they just didn't take the game. Like it was there for the taking, and they didn't do it. And um, and they'll look back and they'll have a lot of regrets. I will say, and yes, I'm the Stampeders beat reporter. Let us all remember that the Stampeders were the youngest team in the league. 
Um, let us all remember how freaked out everyone was about all the players signing in Toronto, all the All-Stars, them even getting to the playoffs. This was supposed to be a rebuilding year. They rebuilt. <clears throat> the foundation's there for next year. Just the question now is who's back? Right. And that's the question because the two, you know, biggest turning, like the people that had the chance to sway this game most are Rene Paredes, who's a 11 to 10 year veteran and Bo Levi Mitchell, the quarterback. And you would expect, I think you asked Rene if he's coming back and he, he's, he was devastated after this game. You could just, it was just heartbreaking to watch his emotion coming off that field and knowing that, you know, he's given them every opportunity to win that game on, on a, on a missed field goal. He missed it by less than a foot too. Like, it's not like, it's not like he shanked it. He, he doesn't, he's, and he makes this, that job looks so easy and has for so long that people are like, Oh, how do you miss those? It was like, it was a 42 yard field goal from the right hash. It's not, not, this isn't easy. Like no. it's not easy stuff. And the fact is the Stampeders aren't in that game without Rene Paradis this year. He was yeah. so consistent. He was so good. I mean, like I laughed Jamie and I it was like, we got to go back and revise the all-star ballots, get Fred Lather. And I'm like, good Lord, Saskatchewan. Right. Good Lord, Saskatchewan. <laughs> um, although at the same time, live, I didn't see that Sean Lemon had hit him in the face so i also tweeted that i didn't think it was an ejection when it clearly was the second so like we all have our rose-colored glasses right um, on at times but um yeah i mean there's no way you're towards renee paradise do i think renee paradise is retiring i asked him yesterday he said he's got to think about some things outside of football he's in his late 30s he may just he may be ready to move on um but you know after as you said after a loss like that you got to take you got to take some cool off time. Like he needs a few weeks to just let it sink in. I like Jamar wall is the one that I'm kind of wondering um, about. I I think we may, I think we may have seen Jamar walls last game, Um, but I I, I can't say that for sure. And I can't give the reasons why I think that on a podcast. Um, (laughs) No. And then with Bo, um, I mean, Bo since Dickinson said in his post game, he was like, I want, Bo back and I was like wait a minute is there any question about whether he'll be back and he was like well I think Bo found the joy in football again but that, that's his decision it's on him we want him back I want him back I want to coach him for another three four five years and I think Bo was surprised that Dave said that like Bo so when I Bo was the next guy up on the in-person podium. media availability yeah. on the podium uh, it was very nice to do in person and Bo was like no 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 I think I'll be back he was like I, you know I just I, I want to get back to the person I am by Monday morning, when Bo, I don't think, was caught off guard by the question, was like, no, I'm coming back. Like, I will be back. That's no stress. Where I think it gets interesting and a little bit dicey is I don't think the Stamps want to lose Jake Mayer. I think he uh, is. Absolutely. You don't want to lose Jake Mayer. I think and he is a it... plan. Um, whether or not you can convince him on, hey, come back for another year. You're going to get better. You're going to be learning. You're going to be in the, the room with Bo. Bo has one more year left on his contract. Someone's going to offer Jake. The Argos, if the Argos exist after this year, are going to offer Jake Mayer starters money. So all of a sudden, you do you have the money to pay Jake what the Argos are willing to if Bo is there as well? That's where you begin to have this balancing act where you may just, I mean, I, I don't know what you do. I also think Jake may get NFL interest, but I don't know how the Stamps manage it. If you think Jake is the succession plan and other teams are going to give him more money, I think you have to make a decision there. Um, well, it, but, it would be it would be nice for them to get Jake under contract for another year and just continue this building process. 
I, you, you think Toronto's after him. I, I don't think anybody's not after him, honestly. Like, well, who, I well, mean, BC. Like, the, way I, the way I look at it is uh, everybody, like, uh, I had, uh, you know, a person in my life, I said, oh, this is, you know, tough end to the season for Bo Levi Mitchell. And this person says to me, do you think anybody in the other else in the league would take him if, if uh, stamps didn't want him? I'm like, yeah, every team, every team would want them. Like, like who, which team is going to say, no, I want whoever I have, maybe Winnipeg if with Colorado and then if Saskatchewan bleeds in Fajardo, but the situation is dicey everywhere else. It seems so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that if you look like I, I think that BC, their succession plan from Riley is Nathan Rourke. Um, I think Edmonton made their move for Arbuckle, so that is what they should do. Although with a new GM and coach, who knows? Right. Um, Saskatchewan and lives in their own alternate okay. alternate universe, and Cody Verdardo's their guy. <laughs> Obviously, Winnipeg Claros is there until as long. But then, yeah, you get into Ottawa. You get into. Are you sure Montreal wants to go over and Adams over possibly a guy like Jake Mayer? Right. I don't know. Hamilton, like that's the other thing is that either Evans or Mazzoli will also be on the market. Uh, I imagine that Hamilton decides to roll with Evans. Um, but but we, we could see a complete QB carousel. And then if one of the like most sought after guys moves, then it starts this succession of, and we saw it a few years ago, right? It was Riley went to BC, then suddenly Edmonton grabbed um, Over Trevor Edmonton. Harris. And then, yeah. and then Ottawa has to grab somebody. And then, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be the, the gut, the team left without the seat. Right. Like, oh, we don't have a number one guy. And no, and that's and that's the thing. I think the stamps. I, I don't. Know. I, I think there's some there's some difficult. Does Bo potentially take a haircut? Um, can you potentially extend Bo? Maybe give him two more years, but at less money per, right. and get him to re, restructure for this season. Um, and, then, and then allocate some of that money towards Jake Mayer. Convince yeah. him that staying here is going to be a good idea. And I mean, you can with bonuses and stuff, you can restructure so that Bo it's actually like he gets less money, but with taxes, he gets the same amount type of thing. Right. There's there's ways of doing this, but I, I think it's going to be fascinating. And I will say that I, I Jake didn't say like, yes, my priority is to come back to Calgary by any means when he was asked, nor should he. No. But um, but that <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think Jake Mayer is a starting quarterback in this league. He's only played three games. Again, I don't think he's he showed that he's sort of an MOP in those three games. They lost two of them. Um, but he clearly has the arm. He clearly has the brain, the temperament for it. Um, he can he can run, which I do think whoever the Stampeders' next quarterback is, you want someone who at least can scamper and get you a first down every once in a while. That's that's the direction the CFL is going. Um, so Jake's very intriguing to me, and I don't think that they want to lose him. The Bo stuff, I also, though, think, like, I'm responsible for this. I was the first one to get out a story on Bo being like, hey, there's a little bit of uncertainty here. Um, but I also like that that uncertainty, put it to bed. By all accounts, he wants to be back. He's going to be back. Um, it's just the stamps. I mean, you're going to have to pay Kadeem Carey, obviously. Um, I, I actually don't. You, you, you'll, you'll want to try and get Reggie Bagleton back if he doesn't get interest in the NFL. Like, it's like all these pieces are going to have to come together, right? But it, yeah. there's. <clears throat> There's well, hundreds of free agents in the CFL this offseason. So it's it's not like this is a new thing for just no, the Stampeders. So it's not, but the Stampeders is an interesting dilemma um because they were rebuilding. Well, if you're rebuilding, like 
Dave said he thinks they had 75% new players, and he was like, he would like to have 75% the same players back next year. Right. Um, so you want Trey, you want Kadeem. I think Kadeem, after the season he had, if he was 25, there might be an NFL team who takes a flyer. He's, he's 29. He's probably sticking around the CFL for a little while, but you're going to have to pay him. Um, stamps haven't traditionally in the last 10 years, been paying American running backs a ton of money. Nope. <laughs> um, is Darnell Sankey. Like, there's an NFL window. Is he going to get NFL interest? I would I, think he would. If he does, I'd love to see Jameer Thurman move to middle linebacker so he can finally put up those stats so people can finally realize how great he is. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's lots of questions. It's going to be, like, yeah, it's 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 an interesting offseason. Um, but the foundation's there. It's just... Like the foundation, they built the foundation. That was the goal of this year. Ultimately, that is how this year will be remembered. Um, I think that the offensive line grew, played a lot better. I think the D line we saw in Mike Rose and Derek Wigan uh, and Isaac Adiemi Bergland, they're that they're they're pretty solid. Whether Sean Lemon's back, I don't know. I think he enjoyed his time here. I can tell you that there wasn't as much anger about that punch. Like I think people were like, "You got to keep your head," but you know. Dave Dickens didn't come out and rip Sean Lemon for, for what happened there. Um, no, I mean, it. We, we all have times where we just lose our top and it, you know, you do something that, you, you know, once you blow off your steam, you're like, oh, okay, well, I shouldn't have done that. But. I mean, it's, we don't know. Like, Sean Lemon and Jonathan Moxie have said that Duke Williams spat in his face. I will admit that I've watched watched the video back. I don't see it. I, I don't see the spit, but it, he, they didn't necessarily, and I should have followed up. They didn't say that it was right before the punch, whatever, but I'm going to, I'm simply saying that is what they are saying. If that happened, I mean, Hey, you still got to get kicked out of the game, but I'm not mad at you for hitting a guy. If he spits in your face in a pandemic. Right. And, and well, like, it's, it's a totally understandable reaction when you understand what the, the yeah, an emotional right? physical situation that that's how yeah. you'd respond. And it's, he's an idiot. No, he's not an idiot. Sean Lemon is not an idiot. I apologize. It was an idiotic move. The Stamps right. needed him. He shouldn't have done it. I, I have a lot of time and respect for Sean Lemon and the way he played this year. I think he's got more years left in the CFL. Uh, and I also think that his reputation for being this trash-talking, you know, outspoken guy, that's not the Sean Lemon I saw this year. But it was a dumb move. He shouldn't have done yeah. it. Um, cost the Stamps. Right. Yeah. And it just – all these things piled up to that loss. But So now let's look uh, at the – Bombers sitting there. Do you think they're maybe excited that they didn't have to play the Calgary Stampeders? I think that the Bombers the they wanted, right? I think that the Bombers, probably all the guys on their practice roster are just out there with shovels finding places to bury the bodies because they are going to massacre <laughs> the Rough Riders. Um, the, the Stamps made all those mistakes and the Riders still need a double overtime to win. <laughs> <laughs> like come on this is i i i am 100 percent convinced i mean the bombers i honestly to be perfectly honest i'm at the point i thought that the state Peters, because of their defense might be the one team to actually give the the bombers a a fight i at this point think that the bombers are going to stroll with their second gray cup in a row um they're that good they don't make those types of mistakes uh i think they're going to bury the riders early uh which is too bad for the cfl because they could definitely use a you know down and dirty double overtime game again between the two, you know, most rampant fan bases in the league. Um, but no, the writers don't have a hope. <laughs> <laughs> I 
all right, we're gonna we're gonna pull that out and we're gonna clip it and say the riders don't have a hope. <laughs> Do it. I, I I mean I just don't I just don't see it. I mean like uh, and they and also they looked very weak against them in the two games that they played it this year. Like and and that was a game where that was a melee in the end zone where it cost uh two players the like two yeah, players got kicked out on that and then then they lost their starting safety on that in that in a sequence shortly after that or before that i can't remember but in both the riders and sams i mean like they 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 took their you know they, they got paid in in bodies that like they are <laughs> neither of them came out feeling particularly good um and and for the riders now to have to like recover the bombers have been preparing the bombers are well rested the bombers are the best defense in the league the bombers frankly are a way better offense than anything i've seen from these riders the bombers i mean i I just can't see them making as many special teams mistakes which is apparently what the riders require to narrowly (laughs) win um but no this is this is this is to me like this is a no contest yeah this and this is disappointing because it, the forecast uh, Sunday December fifth in Winnipeg is a high of minus nine. Uh, it's going to drop down to a low of minus fifteen in the evening, so it's going to be chilly. What um, I mean, if you're running the ball, look, the, the the riders can move the ball on the ground, so maybe that maybe that equalizes things a little bit. But I don't buy it. Um, I'm not that mad about not being in Winnipeg for. Minus 15 weather this week. I'll be honest with you. I'm not mad about getting a little bit of rest before Grey Cup. I already gained like 20 pounds this past week. So, oh well, that's great. Drinking old fashions at the Hotel Saskatchewan is what you're doing, right? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing is that uh, so the it's not going to be much warmer in Hamilton or in Toronto right now. So, uh, what is the weather in Hamilton? Well, I'm going to look that one up right now. But no, but the I, only thing that the only thing that I can say about that win that East uh, semifinal was uh, it's pretty to watch a snow game. Um, it's it's nice to watch it on TV when you're in the cozy confines of a nice warm, you know, area, and you're watching this on television and looking at and saying, "Oh, look at those guys out there in the snow having so much fun, big big thick snowflakes, the crowd getting into it." Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's not as much fun when you're, you know, there. And look, it's going to be uh, lightly snowing in um, uh, the Ontario area on Sunday with a high of zero. So yeah, they're having you know, more winter than we are in right? right now. Yeah. Um, like, and today it's over ten degrees. We've got a we've got Chinook weather here in Calgary, and it's uh, we're in double digits again. And it's uh, like it it feels like you know mid April right now. So it's it's weird. But, I'm not, yeah. Um, you know, we're also, we're both going to be a great cup. I look, I, I, that East semifinal ultimately played out. I, I think Hamilton is the slightly better team. Um, yeah. like I don't think they're significantly better. It played out the way it played out. That quarterback situation in, in Montreal was, was tough. Um, well, I watched this game and it was like, okay, they had the perfect formula for, what they needed to do, they were moving the ball in short little increments, killing up the clock. This is Montreal. And then their defense was all over Mazzoli and in, 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 in a space. And then it just came down to uh, they gacked up the ball. You know, Trevor Harris just lost the handle on it, picked it up, give him a, a quick and easy seven points. 
Then it felt like the air came out of it. And then the pin just kept coming out of that balloon and Mm -hmm. they got away from their game plan and a couple of turnovers. And it was just like, okay, this is, yeah. And now instead of going with the game plan and trying to, you know, incrementally get back in this thing, they couldn't do it. And Montreal is, yeah, they're, they're not going to be looking. I don't think they're going to be looking at Trevor Harris as their starter next year. It just doesn't feel like that. The question is whether they're going to be looking at Vernon Adams, right? Well, and that's the, that's the question is like, now what's his recovery from his injury going to be like? And do you, do you trust him as a, uh, a number one, a guy you can, you know, put that towards like we, we felt, you felt like that he was a number one at the start of the year. You felt like he was probably the second best quarterback in the league at the start of the year. I think. I mean, my TSN top 40, which was like, I should go back and look at it. Like, was pretty ridiculous. Uh, honest with you. Um, like that's one that I don't ever need to make public. I have fun with those. Uh, <laughs> I believe I had Cody Fajardo number forty, which gave him one point. Um, well, and I don't know if you're. I don't think you're wrong on that. No, it just goes against the perception. Yeah, I, I had Vernon Adams in the top five. Um, Vernon Adams is an exciting player. He just throws up a lot of questionable throws um but yeah one last thing on that east final though god bless you patrick levels i would totally respect that the tie cats released that tweet with his quotes and then him just like and then all the clips of him getting burned or whatever we need more of that in the league we need that trash talk it was a lot of fun nobody's gonna do it for like five years now um but there's nothing more entertaining in the build-up to those games than patrick level having some fun that's all he was doing um great times we all need to protect Patrick Levels. Well, and here's what I everything that I've saw from him was if you're if you're anybody going into this game playing on either side of the ball and you don't believe you're gonna win, what are you doing? <laughs> you like he didn't say win. anything bad about any of the tie cats. He was no, like, this, he was like, Come at me, come find me, I'm gonna beat you. I'm like, Yeah, great. Yeah, that we're, going out, we're going out there to win. We're going out there to win this game, and we're we expect to. Like, yeah. so what do you, what, this is the name of the game. Like, what are you supposed to, you supposed to believe going into this game that you're, you're not going to win. It's like, I, I've always heard it with quarterbacks, especially is, Oh, that guy is just, uh, he's just so cocky. I'm like, you want your, your quarterback to be cocky. You want your players to be full of themselves. Believe that they're the best. Yeah. Like I covered Nick Lewis for many, many years and he be- believed he was the best receiver. And there's many times he went out and proved he was. Because you better believe it if you're going out there. It's right. not an easy job to do. So right there with you, buddy. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And yeah, and then I, I honestly think that um look, we talked about it off air. I have concerns. I mean, I, I partially this is because I just read a Damian Cox piece in the Toronto Star on whether this might be the last CFL game ever held in Toronto. Um unfortunately I, I think it is a possibility. Um I'm very sure. worried about that. Everyone knows I'm a Toronto guy. I grew up cheering for the Argos. Um, I'm considering, I haven't booked my flight for Grey Cup. I'm considering going in a couple days early because I want to be there. If this is the last game, I'd like to participate. Um, I have my Toronto Argos replica Grey Cup ring right there on the mantle. Um, ultimately, well, they got the best possible game for the East Final. We're trying yeah. to save Toronto. Toronto Hamilton, there. I am imploring you, if you have, if you are listening to this, all 
very few listeners that we have. Um, if you have friends in Toronto, if you have relatives in Toronto, try to get them to go to this game. Just try to make it a sellout. It's going to be fun. We need the CFL needs this game to be good. It needs it to be a sellout. Um, you know, attendance has been down all over the league. It's a pandemic. I, I waver between thinking that there's a real problem for the CFL and thinking that they'll rebound as hopefully we get this pandemic under control, but Toronto, it needs to be, this needs to be a sellout. You need a, we need to show Maple Leaf sports and entertainment that there's something there and that there's something that you can build on and build towards. Right. And at least there's enough people coming up from Hamilton that it should be rivalry week. You know, it's, uh, but I got to tell you, I've been covering this league. I started in the mid to early, early to mid two thousands covering this league. And I always heard that, oh yeah, yeah. Toronto's going to be like, you know, they're, that they're, they're going to be done soon. It's going to be, they're going to get an NFL team and then there's going to be no Argos. And I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, even if the, the ownership just throws the keys on the table and says, we're done. I just don't feel like the CFL is going to allow Toronto to go away. It's the longest franchise professional franchise in this country's history. So I just don't see it going away that quickly without more of a shot. And it's happened many times. I mean, like the John Candy and, and Bruce McNall and Wayne Gretzky came in and saved them in the early nineties. And you obviously remember that quite vividly. And then it, it just goes in these ups and downs and flows. I just have a hard time believing that this is the end, but it was reported during the XFL talks to take everything with a grain of salt that they were losing 12 million a year. They obviously cannot continue to lose $12 million a year. Right. Um, I don't fully understand how they could be losing $12 million. What are they? Yeah. I um, mean, but <laughs> what are they are. spending the money on then? Some of that, some of that, oh, look at how much money these teams are losing in the big markets was politically motivated, I think, to make an XFL merger more palatable. Um, where I think that there is hope, Bell is the major sort of stakeholder in MLSE. It's them and Rogers. Bell owns TSN, so has the broadcast rights. So there, there's an incentive there to keep their TV property valuable and alive by keeping the team that they own playing in by far our biggest market in the, in the country. Um, but yeah, I, I just ultimately like, honestly, if anyone can get to this game, if you're a CFL fan, go get there, be loud, make it fun so that other first time fans, people who may never have gone to a go game are fall in love with it. Like we, this is just, this is such, I honestly think this is a really critical moment in Argo's history and the history of the Canadian football league. And you know, the the value of the Canadian Football League in Southern Ontario. You need it. People need to get there. You, you just tell people to go. Beg people to go. If you have an extra 20 bucks, pay for part of their ticket, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say out of the two games this week, the one that has the best chance of being more entertaining is going to be this uh, Toronto-Hamilton game. And I'm it's by far the one I'm most interested in. And the fact that starting a little earlier to, to give them a bit more daylight uh, out in the uh, West division is makes me, I'm, I'm perfectly fine waking up on Sunday morning and turning on TSN and watching this game. It's going to be um, like, it's going to be something, something, something's going to happen. I don't know what uh, it, I don't know if it's going to be great offensive football, but I think it's going to be entertaining. 
maybe not the six interceptions entertaining. Hopefully not, right? Holy crap, at the 10.30 a.m. Maryland time start. I guess I am not getting back in time for uh, the East Final if I leave on Sunday, and I don't want to leave on Sunday. Not Saturday. if you fly on Sunday, you know? <laughs> nope. uh, I guess I'm not going to the East Final because I'm not leaving until Sunday. Um, so, um, but yeah, honestly, I mean, it's I, I, I like both these teams. I think that the Argos had – I know they surprised you. I know you were not convinced that they'd be able to integrate um, this many – there's many new pieces. I think Dinwiddie deserves a lot of credit for that. Like what Chris Jones has done with the defense since he arrived. There's, you know, look, I, a Toronto Winnipeg Grey Cup. Toronto is the only team that beat Winnipeg when Winnipeg was playing for anything. Right. Um, hey, there's something there. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, exactly. And we're going to be at Grey Cup. So it's, that's going to be the fun part. Um, and it, from what I can tell, there's going to be enough events. I've talked to a lot of people. I'm getting about a 50-50 on whether they're going or not. I'm getting more reactions of people saying, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, it's great cup. I'm going. So I think we're going to, it's going to feel like a great cup. I, I know earlier in the year, I didn't think that. I didn't think it was going to feel like a great cup, but I think this year it's going to. Now I'm a, I'm an ultra positive person, as you probably know, right? So I'm, yeah, I'm always I mean, positive that thing. things are going to go well. I generally, like, you go to the parties much more than I do. I stop in at the parties and then go to the FRC suite and hang out with a bunch of other grumpy reporters bitching right. about Zoom, basically. Um, yeah, I, I, I try to hang out with the fans and revel in the, uh, you know, sing songs and get merry. Now, at the... No, uh, I got I to gotta have at least one near physical confrontation with Jeff Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> people on the beat but we gotta we gotta get at least one um yelling match about something or other uh wouldn't be a great cup without that but yeah i mean i'm not i'm my i think that when you're a reporter as you know it's a little bit different from you not being a reporter i know you 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 love hanging out with reporters but one of right. the great things about great cup is it's one of the only times where the people in this country who actually understand what my job is are all together so i'm i'm thrilled for that but um, yeah, we had a, we had a fun week and a half, and I am honestly, as I said, you know, I, I thought this Stampeders team was really fun to cover. I love covering it. For me, being able to get a little bit of rest before a great cup is <laughs> not the worst thing here. So, but, well, don't don't leave for Hamilton until Tuesday, right? You don't need to go there on Monday. So, well, it just depends what time media stuff starts because we're flying east. If media stuff starts at noon. In oh. Hamilton, I won't be able to make it on Tuesday. So, well, the well, the the teams will arrive sometime early evening on Tuesday night. Yeah, so I'll just go Tuesday. I'll go Tuesday. Yeah. I don't need more than Tuesday to Monday. That's what that's usually that's usually what happens. Yeah. I won't be there until Friday. We do this every so. week. We talk about the CFL, talk about the CFL, and then it just ends up being conversations about travel. <laughs> well, this time I'm getting out of this city. I'm I'm leaving Calgary for the first time in a long time. So, uh, it's gonna be yeah. Yeah, I've been, I literally, because of Grey Cup, I have 48 Marriott Nights this year. 50 <laughs> gets me to Platinum Elite, which I am very, very excited about. I maintain my Platinum Elite status. Um, and that, uh, I mean, Grey Cup gets me those nights. So nice. very, right. very exciting uh, for everyone involved. I currently have built up. I had zero at the start of the year because I used it all. I, but I currently let's let's t- let's see. Let's just keep this travel talk going. <laughs> I wish we I have three hundred and eighteen WestJet dollars. So 
Oh, that's a that's a nice thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that you can start planning your off season vacation, but Mexico. I'm gonna go down and see my boy, my boy Shane. You've met him in, in Mexico. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that I don't know why I'm not getting an invite. Oh, right, because I have two jobs and uh, full time school. But yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's my stupid life. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to be busy until the day I leave for Grey Cup. So uh, I don't expect to sleep between now and then and then leaving. And then I'll sleep on the plane and then probably on the way back. Well, I intend on looking about ten years younger than I do right now. Uh, by the time Grey Cup starts, because <laughs> I'm like watching the Bachelorette. I'm I'm hanging out with the lady and doing i got this is gonna be a very chill week for me okay well i'm i'm happy for you um i i don't have uh anything to say about that because i will not have a chill week um uh, the two the two days i don't have anything scheduled i'm working so that's gonna be great but uh you can you know this is such a boring you can feel, everyone you can feel anyone bad for me uh, anyway anyone so. listening hates us right now no, okay. they just hate us. Well, I know who you predict <laughs> to win the West final. I think the Riders can upset them. So it's going to take a lot of nonsense and some weird stuff to happen. Um, but they're not, you know, Goliath can be toppled. We'll we can we'll see. Eighteen so, point victory for the Bombers. That's my prediction. Okay, uh, I might bet it that way. I might not. Think I might not root it that way, but I might not. I'll bet it that way. Uh, and who do you like in the the East? Then do you, do like, you like, the I like the Argos? Yeah, I think yeah. the Argos have been really good second half. Um, I just have questions about the Ticats. Uh, although I do think Don Jackson made them a lot better when he got in, but I like the Argos. They're at home. Hopefully, great atmosphere. I think that uh, that defense is really really good. And honestly, they like they uh, they should be in the Great Cup. They're the best team in the East. Yeah. Well, I like the Tie Cats actually. I like the home home field story. The uh, they're going home to to put it all together. Uh, they're not going to win it, but they're going to get there. How about that? All okay. right. So we'll see how it goes next week. We'll probably be talking uh, on from Toronto, so or Hamilton. I don't know where you'll be. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You get some rest and, and I will do some schoolwork. And then by the time we reconvene next week, we'll know who's in the gray cup and we'll be planning our, uh, our, our meeting up in person. So that is going to be fun. I got to, I got to debate whether to get a haircut or to roll into gray cup with these sweet curls right now. Yeah. If you can grow it more between now and gray cup, that's probably even better. Yeah. My hair is very curly. All right. You're going to wear it the whole time anyway, so it doesn't really matter. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Peace. I want to get off this stupid call. Okay. Good day.